Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Draft Live. Can you believe it? We're only on the second episode of 2023, but the, the season is almost over. It's one of our shortest seasons we do during the draft. The Rumble is there on the horizon. The season winner this time around is actually a bit more obvious. <coughs> you know, we're almost done and we're about to go into the tag team, which for me is one of the better seasons that we do. But like I said, we've got one more week to get through. Before we get there, I'm Scott McClure, one of your usual hosts from Inside of Live, and, well, I'll just say it, the other three hosts have let me down this week. They've all got something better to do, I've got some sort of excuse. I have been, once again, left on my, on my own to pick up the slack. So, of course, I brought in the hardest working man in podcasting, the man who has everything, and who has so much to say about the draft and the Listeners League and everything that he can't possibly hold it in any longer. It's Andy Mitchell. Hello, Andy. Hello there, Scott. Like I said, before we were chatting there, the fans demanded it, as in you just asked me if I was free on Saturday. I was like, yeah, I am. So, yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> I think myself is still a fan of this, so I count. I'm a fan. I'm people. <laughs> no, it's good to be on. I had a good laugh last time. And, uh, I don't know why, but Jack's not, he's, he's not wrong to come back. I think he's intimidated by the fact that I might actually beat him in this draft. It's, your, it's just your sheer presence that intimidates him. He's, he's a sheet bag. We all know. Absolute <laughs> sheet bag. Uh, we usually do our top three of the week, but we can get a wrap it all in one one neat little package because the top three of the week is just a, it's a Judgment Day themed top three is on 11 points each. We have Damien Priest and Finn Balor, and we have 14 points. Uh, Rhea Ripley. Now the Judgment Day, they're all over the shop. Mm-hmm. Raw this week, we had the minute, uh, Miz TV segment. Uh, Dominic also got some points, but also not as many. Uh, but during the talk show segment, where Dominic talks about his three hours in a county jail as if he'd been in lockup for ten years, and the the, the, nearly, the Judgment Day lasted almost the entire. They then lasted an hour in a gauntlet match to become number one contender for the tag team title. So, going through multiple opponents, one pin and equal, equals like a different win. So the points racked up there. Okay. Now they're all individuals uh, this season in the draft uh, with the Judgment Day or Priest of Dubai. All across different teams, and Rhea has obviously been a big presence in the draft uh, even before she was in Judgment Day. But uh, and last season we had Judgment Day picked as a tag team. Mm-hmm. And then we'll pit rack up as many points tag wise they were doing their own singles things but then this season when they're all finally picked the singles guys then all of a sudden they're coming together as a tag team I know I was kind of I think when uh, David Campbell aka the GOAT picked uh, Rhea Ripley and made their captain I think that really threw and uh, threw uh, like a wrench into the works because essentially she is the most as you say she is the most popular character and I think sp- uh, taking her out as an individual made that a bit harder but then I'm surprised no one actually went with Judgment Day because obviously last season there wasn't really there was no really real direction of where they were going but yeah it's just again it's quite interesting how this draft changes season to season yeah and 
is there everybody who has members of the decision day have randomly shoot at is Dominic Steele, who's not in the top three, but he has 17 points overall, just Dominic. Even Bruce, I mentioned, is on 11, tied with 11. And the top three, we Finn Beller. His overall point score as he's on David Hockney's team, Damien Priest has only eight points overall this season. We Ripley, like I said, is on the GOAT team. I believe she is his captain. She has mm-hmm. eight points overall. And finally, I believe Jack, no, yes, Jack has Finn Balor, who also only has 18 points overall. So it feels like they're not the highest scores this season, Balor, and Priest, even though the judgment day has been a major presence the last few months on Raw but all of a sudden they've shot into the top three just surely because of this gauntlet but we think this is just kind of a freak one-off occurrence because of that gauntlet match I think so, as again, Royal Rumble's coming up and it's case of where does Judgment Day go in Royal Rumble are they just going to be cannon fodder for someone else or are they going to actually make a strong presence so this week seems good but who's to say what's going to happen in the next few weeks Yeah, I think if we had a bit more time in this season then maybe we could see more of the Judgment Day as a tag team but uh, to talk about Rhea on her own, uh, she's like on 14 points and she's the captain of the GOATS team. I do believe that Rhea has been talked about as a favourite for the Women's Rumble, which would be a major coup for the, the GOATS to have the Rumble winner on their, on his team. Mm-hmm. What do you think of, of Rhea winning and we know how the GOAT would feel if she won? I don't know. It's again, it is a popular choice, but the way the booking is at the moment, it's kind of it would be more of a, a surprise. But I feel that WWE's booking there's a bit more like stronger contenders than Rhea Ripley. I'm not saying that she's not got a chance of winning. She might be, a, you know, a nice little surprise who wins it at the end. But we'll need to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Well, the goats uh, too far down the table for a Rhea Ripley rumble, and I think to really carry him to victory. Once again, in the draft, but it would still leave him in a top position to finish off the season. And we'll go to the top 10 of the draft uh, right now. We've got Gary Kieran still in last place with Team Versa on 35 points. You, you really hate to see it in a guy like Gary mm-hmm. Kieran. loves Gary. Former winner alongside David Hockney, who's only a little bit ahead of him. I know there's a bit of a gap in points where he's on 68, just one point off a perfect score. Uh, and he's on the Western Country Club, but he's still in ninth place. So they're both two, a winning draft team right ahead of the Tidings. He's right down at the bottom. You hate to see it. Some of you might enjoy more, seeing more, uh, Andy, is that the goal is only on is only in eighth place on 74 points. So, yeah, being kept out of contention for now. Uh, well, I was saying, just the way it goes, we, we've all seen him in the chats and online. He, he likes to talk the talk, but then as soon as the... Uh, well, looking at the draft scores, he is kind of close to the bottom. He's uh, <laughs> It's quite funny to see, but obviously he'll have something to say after he listens to this draft. Uh, I think it's the stink of the Listeners League still left on him. He's technically coming in as a Listeners League guy. So he's coming in and, you know, the curse of that. The Listeners League winners rarely have ever do well in a in a main draft season. So that stink is still covering him. Uh, what the Funaki, which is going to be Robbie's team only a few points ahead of the goal on 77 points. Ryan Dalgleish, I believe it's something about rigorous dancing. Uh, on 84 points in sixth position, 101 points. Stephen Wilson in fifth place. Myself, uh, Scissor Me Daddy draft. It's one point ahead of Stephen, but I had a strong showing last night. We were doing 38 or retention and an appearance from my captains. They acclaimed I'm on 102 points. Andy, you're just ahead of me on 108 points. Uh, with Jack Graham one point ahead of you on 109 
but it does feel like a battle for second place at this stage. Mm-hmm. Brother Ross is on 127 points. He's been the, the firm leader almost since the beginning of this draft. No, he's been doing really well, considering it's like uh, it's mostly the Usos has been carrying him, and it just goes to show it's like picking a tag team as strong as the Usos early on. And I'm surprised if he made him his captain, you know, uh, how far up in the league would he even be if his uh, uh, Braun Breaker is like doing well showing on NXT, but he doesn't have as many appearances as what the Usos are doing on both SmackDown and Raw. Mm-hmm. I think. He did the smart thing where he kept the kept the on Braun uh, until after NXT deadline because that was the only other show other than the Rumble. You get pay per view points this mm-hmm. season, so he got the pay per view captain's points because he knew Braun would be Apollo, and then puts the the captain over the Usos, uh, and then Braun did retain just recently via a really shitty rope break thing against Grayson Waller, so. Even with it again, say Braun's performing strongly. So yeah, really the, those two are the guys like helping prop up his team. But you know, these are guys. These are two guys like Lusos and Braun Baker are getting a lot of points in such a short space of time. And you know, this is a sprint, not a marathon. This season, the Rumble to uh, the severity to the Rumble season. There's not a lot of time, so Ross is they're quick and I think the tie position and the the select didn't really help them, but. I don't think it really mattered when he put the captain on the news, so he's uh, he's he's created himself a really substantial gap at this this point. Mm. Yeah, no, but he's doing well, and uh, it's good to see uh, one of the McLeods uh, on top rather than uh, the goat uh, winning and having bragging rights. Again, uh, Ryan's uh, it's quite funny with Ryan uh, Douglas because obviously he was the winner last year, so I think his sort of positioning is a bit quite funny that he's not in the top three. But Ryan, but Ryan's wardrobe is. Because that's me. That's <laughs> <laughs> by your own wardrobe. Feel shame, Ryan. Have you seen how right this is for selection? So you know how much of an indictment that is. <laughs> I know. Uh, I just want to quickly cover my team as well, where it was essentially all four, uh, four of my uh, six draft uh, picks all appeared on SmackDown. Yet uh, they were, <laughs> it was a case of like they were first in each other's, which kind of was good for appearance points, but not good for uh, who did I want to win and lose. <laughs> I know, just it just didn't was not your time. But we're going back to your team in a little bit, but I do agree with Ryan's position. It does feel like a running thing that the winner for the most part, maybe with the exception of uh, Jack for some the first half of last season, the draft winner the very next season does seem to struggle a little bit, you know, after that high of winning mm-hmm. the uh, they get the draft gods bring them back down a bit and try and make them <laughs> Because like the last two seasons, Gary and Dave have struggled. Well, Dave didn't even join the draft uh, last season because uh, they've they've come they've crashed hard after their tag team win. So you know, it's a weird curse going on with the draft winners. Mm. Well, yeah, but then again, it, it goes to show it's like uh, season by season, it's never ever going to be the same people. It's always going to be this uh, sort of uh, royal rumble without dropping a dropping a pay for your name in there between who's actually going to win this but as you say Ross is looking good if uh, all he needs is uh, to keep that momentum until Royal Rumble and you know he'll be uh, is that his second win he'll have? Yes I believe he won it was a, I think it was a Summer Slam to Survivor Series season it might have been uh, 2021 I want to say uh, it was around that time but yeah, this would actually be Ross's uh, second win in the draft, and 
Yeah. I think it's interesting because, like, two seasons ago, we had Jack on top for most of it. There was no doubt he was going to win. Then Jack started on top the next season, but then the second half was very competitive. And now we're back to having a clear winner again. So that seems to be the theme of the last couple of seasons. Like, one's competitive, one isn't. One is a clear runaway winner. The other one has a bit, keeps you guessing. So mm. never know what's going to happen with the top scorers here in the draft. But before we go into your team, Andy, uh, I need to talk about the Listeners League, unfortunately. Wait, hold on, there's a Listeners League? Uh, apparently so. I don't know why we still have this league we have the top five. I don't have anyone else to pass the buck to. Uh, I respect Andy too much to have him read it. So unfortunately, I've got to do everything myself. And uh, we have Matt Smith, not the Doctor Who, but a different guy with Bitty Woes on 152 points. One point ahead of him. Uh, wrestling's coming home. We Bertie Wainless. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but it's a silly team name anyway. Mike Nunn. Well, you're probably not getting none. Uh, with the sports entertainers on 174 points, 189 points, the Tom Brock World Cup winner 2022. Not quite an accurate team name, is it, Tom? And Anthony Reynolds, top half, dreaming well. Your dream may be coming true because you're at the top of the table, Anthony, uh, on 192 points. So maybe it'll be between Anthony and Tom Brock. Perennial listeners like a bit of Tom Brock uh, to see who see who joins us for the tag team season and I pray to the gods or whatever you believe in that whoever whichever of them comes up for the tag season does not get paired with me it's it's just so it's just so gripping the action in the listeners league isn't it Andy well again they don't have that sort of the uh, the, (laughs) let me start that again they don't have the same sort of rules as they if we can because they're gonna have multiple people in their like league and it crosses over. So it's just like listen to the league is just like the kids' league. You know, it's like how you learn how to play the the real game for the real boys, as uh, Kevin Ash would say. Look at the adjective play. Look at the adjective drafts. Yes, <laughs> but no, but all the best of them. It'd be interesting to see fresh faces uh, in next seasons, and you never know, one of us might get paired of them. Yeah. Uh, I really hope I don't, but you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> but anyway, I go over to to your team. I think the fact that you are in third place is one, two points away from sleeping over Jack to be in second place. This is, I believe, the highest placement you've ever had in the draft so far. Yeah. Um, looking at your team and the little tab we had to calculate okay, the points that were, were tallied up while we were kind of having more little Christmas break. You actually scored more points across those three weeks than any other player. You had 62 points overall scored in that time. Just ahead of Ross, who was on 59 points. I think, obviously, who, the people who had Ross had maybe made the difference because the Usos, who are Ross captains, scored 53 points totally in that uh, time. And then Sami Zayn, who's on your team, scored 42 points across those three weeks. So it does seem to be a weird thing. Like Ross, Whenever Ross gets points with the... So is, you also get points because Sammy, because the bloodline are always just, just always together. Mm. I know, it's that thing. As soon as I saw that I was drafting Fudd and then Gary picked Drew McIntyre, I was like, I need to get Sammy Zane because I know he's going to be what it is in terms of just appearance points alone. And I think he's, and putting him as captain has done me favours. But uh, again, the problem is I also picked Kevin Owens and get, who was facing off each other on Saturday, on uh, Friday Night Smackdown. 
Yeah, you also picked uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, who also uh, who's also facing each other again. So it was kind of good to get points for uh, someone winning, but also I, I lost points for like losing as well. So it's a bit annoying. Uh, but again, I, I'm glad of my picks. It was a strong, strong uh, picks. The theme of last night's mad, it did seem to be fuck you, and I met Joe. It did feel like that. It was like, here's all your appearance points, but also you're going to have to lose points because one of them has to lose. It was like, ah. Uh, has that ever happened before? Or is essentially the majority of someone's picks have all <laughs> appeared against each other on a, on, a, on a wrestling show? I think it has happened in the past where, like, the only thing you need to hope when you have points going, the uh, uh, only thing you need to hope for when you have picks going against each other is that one of them's a captain. And the captain, mm-hmm. because I think you gain at least a couple of points if the captain wins, whereas it's just two regular competitors. I think it just cancels, cancels it. Yeah, because uh, again, uh, I was hoping that Sammy would win, but then obviously Ross's picks of your shows jumps in and uh, helps out uh, Zami, giving him the disqualification. I was like, you bastard. <laughs> I might have been uh, on second place if uh, Sammy got the win last night. Yeah, Sammy's your captain, as you know. He is, yeah, so, uh, but he lost, so if you haven't watched SmackDown. Well, he was the smart choice out of everybody that you've got to uh, to be the captain. Yeah. I know, because uh, obviously with the Royal Rumble coming up and the favourite being Cody Rhodes, but I'm kind of, I was thinking about maybe changing captaincy, but I feel like Sammy's looking strong. I'm kind of scared. I feel like I'm going to change it to Rhodes and then the next thing, Sammy's going to win or something. I'm like, oh, no. So. So yeah, it's kind of kind of intense for me. It's kind of exciting as well. But uh, again, I'm not bothered about finishing first because obviously uh, Ross is like doing really well in the draft. But it'd be nice to have a a, a cheeky second. Yeah, you're not bothered about uh, finishing first. The ladies seem to mind it, but we're already asleep by then. <laughs> but no, <laughs> looking at your team, you do seem to have got yourself covered because I talked about Rumble wins earlier on with uh, Rhea Ripley on the GOATS team, but you do have Sammy and Cody, two of the favourites for a lot of people to either win the Rumble or at least go on to the WrestleMania to fight, take one of those belts from Roman Reigns. So you are covering yourself. Plus, you do get a certain amount of points per elimination that somebody gets. So you'd like to think Sammy would get uh, a fair few eliminations alongside the help of the bloodline. And then if Cody's coming back, even if he's not winning, he can get a few eliminations. So, and I then then. Also... I think you're kind of, for the men's rumble particularly, you might actually be setting yourself up for a strong showing. I know, uh, same as well. Like, uh, don't I hold out uh, Raquel Rodriguez? I think she's looking pretty strong and she might be like the underdog who wins the, the women's Royal Rumble. But I think Liv Morgan is just kind of, I just had to pick <laughs> like someone and I think, I'll just pick her. Yeah. Liv Morgan, unfortunately, has fallen a little bit since her title. Uh, she lost the title to Ronda Rousey. She's on five points overall. Raquel, they could she is one of the bigger women on the on the women's side, you know, like in terms of you know, size. So she could you know, give her that kind of power her shoot, which is throws a bunch of people out the rumble, but even if she doesn't end up winning it. So for rumble covers, you're really like covering your bases here. I do yeah. worry, given the storyline, that Sammy and or Kevin, well, one will eliminate the other, which again mm. will be in the ass. Yeah, no, so it'll be fun to watch that rumble. Uh, again, how much does the person actually earn when if they if they pick the rumble winner anyways? How many points is that? I think it's actually like ten points if you your if your guy wins the rumble and maybe says on them. Yeah, as well as that, if it's a captain's that double in the ten points. I think the points does double it, so I think it gets to ten. 
Uh, you never know. You just need to uh, hopefully uh, Ross's uh, team uh, loses a little bit of momentum, and then who knows? That Royal Rumble could make the difference. It could be a, a very interesting uh, end of the draft. I think it could be Ross, where he has to just hold the lead up until the the Rumble, because unless the Usos are going to join, and take part in the Rumble, which I know Ross is, even himself has said doesn't like it when tag teams are put into the Rumble, because like, that's two spots that could be taken up by somebody else. Riddle, I don't even know if he's going to be back. You'll have Wyatt, who's competing in that pitch black match. He's got Nicky Cross on, uh, who might be in the Women's Rumble. I don't know how good of a show she'll have. Braun Breaker, even though he's next to champion, could make an appearance. Mm-hmm. I've got Mandy Rose, who definitely won't be there. Yeah, uh, she might uh, be in some people's phones and the audience, but I don't think that counts. Yeah, she's on some people's statements, but you know they hide those from their significant others. <laughs> Terrible, but again, now I'm I'm looking forward to the the last few weeks of the rumble and then obviously uh, the rumble uh, of the draft feels like a rumble at this point. The amount of shade we're throwing at each other. I know it's great, isn't it? <laughs> Not a few friends you can tear the other person down. Yes, but exactly. One thing though, Andy, the one pick that you've chosen to go away from WWE for, uh, your tag team of the Lucha Brothers, who leave each match for the best seven. I think it was at least some kind of title match, each one, because obviously the series is for the trio's titles. Uh, the losing 43 of the final match happened this week. It does <sighs> seem to be your tag team. I've noticed that lets you down the last few seasons because you had the D'Angelo family before. So that seems to be your killer seal. Your tag teams do seem to let you down. I know. I, I feel like in terms of when it comes to tag teams, as you see, it's like with them not being the first choice anymore. It's kind of like I think everyone's trying to get those single stars. And the Lucha Bros, I meant to pick them last season, but because uh, they p- appear a lot on uh, on AEW, and I was like, well, I'll pick them again. So I was going to go with Bullet Club, but that bastard David Hartnell's got there just before me. <laughs> so, uh, but then again, he's like set up from bottom. So, yeah. Who's laughing now? <laughs> but again, it was just a, I don't know, a tag team, because I did accidentally say the Brawl and Brots when I was like thinking of who to pick, and it was like, oh, Gary just picked them. I was like, yeah, crap. So yeah, uh, I'm with David Hockney for my tag team choice. But again, I'm a bit glad that the best of seven's out the way, and maybe Lucha Bros might have a few wins before the Rumble, but who's to know? Who knows uh, on that one? But I think you said a lot of people do kind of let tag teams slip by them <laughs> now that you don't need to have them uh, number one but I think that's where Ross took advantage of picking from number one and immediately taking the Usos who have been yeah, the MVPs of the draft the last over the last year or so we know with the unified tag titles and everything so what do you think is what's helping them keeping them like, ahead of you but, that's it uh, he's lucky man it's like it's good that uh, Jay also hasn't uh, which is it GL Jimmy hasn't uh, had a drinking driving charge so you know if that would have happened then you know that would have been a bad choice but it's a terrible joke, so you can edit that out. <laughs> it's fine. This is a fast show after all, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> no, I forgot which so it was. So I was like, oh, I'll just do one, Bob. But no, yeah, just uh, again, not even talking about Jack's team, man. Jack's like sort of, uh, again, he was killing it last season, and now, you know, he is second, but you feel like that's gonna he's going to keep staying second, or do you think that the next following weeks he'll uh, be under the top three? Yeah, I mean, he does have Balor and Theory, and even the OC, who could all be in the, the men's rumble. And he's got two strong AW picks with Jimmy Hater and Jake Cargill, who mm. are champions in their own right. So I don't know. 
I think you'd like the UM more of two of the favourites for the men's room on your team. Could be what leaps you over, Jack. Even if you don't feel a first, it could help propel you to second place. I do remember when you went second and you picked Cody. I was so angry. <laughs> I would forget about Cody, you know, season. And you would get him in the last round because obviously it's a risk taking him at this point. I was like, oh, no, you'll not appear to the rumble itself. And then here he is popping up in bloody vignettes. Like, oh, you. I get it. Because uh, uh, the last season was my first singles rumble, I think uh, uh, I let Ross just pick most of the uh, the talent on the tag team one. So it was a case of this time around, I was like, right, I'm just going to go for people who I knew that Cody was, no one was really thinking of him. They were going to like, maybe I can stay with the arm. I was like, if I just, I know he's not going to appear uh, roughly until rumble, but I was like, if I get him, and then obviously if he wins the rumble, that's that's guaranteed points. Uh, talking about tagging, you do mention you and Ross being in the tide season last year. Uh, you have made the following decision to pick Shane Man right before he got inside. <laughs> that was a Ross pick as well, which made me laugh. He was like, yeah, we'll get Shane. Nothing's good. But then again, he is the is it from the news. He has made the most in 2020 from one match appearance. Hey, over 820 grand. <laughs> In terms of box office draw, Ross picked a, a winner there, but we don't see any of those profits in this draft, unfortunately. It's that Ross picked him. Ross deals a lot as well. Like, oh, what, you get paid X amount an hour to sit and chat with old people and take them on day trips? Ah, uh, yes, Ross, you have a very hard job. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I do, you do seem to have, you know, improved as a competitor, like you said, when we talk about where you are on the leaderboard now, your highest, the diet you've ever been positioned. You know, most of the people like Dave Campbell sugar in, but... Going into this uh, next season, into the tag team season, uh, with kind of knowing what you know now, who do you think would be like, the person you'd most like to be paired with? Because obviously a lot of people's fates are determined by the spin of the wheel. Oof, I don't know. I wouldn't mind uh, in terms of... I would probably say yourself, actually. You've always had like good parents with someone. But again, it would be interesting to be with someone completely random and then just say, like, OK, where are we going? So, like, Ryan Douglas would be quite funny to be pairing with, or Jack as well. But again, I'm happy to be with... Uh, to, to sort of tag up with anyone this, this rate it'd be. It's always quite good to have someone that you're sort of taking the piss out of John the singles one and then your friends and you're like, okay, we're just going to have to make it work. <laughs> like, a, yeah. like, all, like all good uh, toxic relationships should be like. <laughs> uh, me and Steve we got paired together. You know, we had threat records to sync individually but we just couldn't work together as a team. And then me and Chris Lopez worked brilliantly as a team but we fell short the last hurdle. So, I'm but, with the tie teams. But, but I mean, again... Uh, sorry, I'm just cutting you off there. But again, all I was going to quickly say is that sometimes it's not really about who you're team with; it's the uh, positioning. And take that way you want, because I wasn't trying to be sexual when I said that. Give me whatever you want it to be, darling. Uh, <laughs> but we, but you know, I think the whole world really wants to see Team Phil Smith, you and the goat being paired together. I think oh yeah. Feels to do so. I uh, I don't know how you. I mean, David Campbell's reaction could break the sound barrier. That would be true. I think it would. It would be like the pairing of Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, where it's the two opposites are all, and they're just clashing. But who knows? We might be the team to win it if we and him pair. He's got some good picks, and also I could sort of try and tunnel vision if he's like saying, "Let's get like uh, the Viking Raiders." I'm like, "No, don't get them. That's a terrible pick." <laughs> 
and you'll be the perfect person for him to build up when you start uh, taking points and the perfect person for you for him to pin the blame on when you start losing exactly points. and that's that's what he done with uh that's what he done with uh, ryan gallagher mm-hmm. he blamed him for that draft but then yeah so we just need to wait and see what happens that's his plan no, he can't blame everyone else he blames canada <laughs> and uh, thank you again for taking the time to be with us here on FDL when even the hosts couldn't be and you know best of luck in the last few weeks of this draft ahead of the Royal Rumble no worries thank you for allowing me to join the show and talking shite for half an hour it's been a pleasure <laughs> you can catch Andy along with everybody else on the panel in the back catalogue of Eat Sleep Supply so Street or all our feature shows uh, on all good Android podcast sites, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast, you catch Andy on the latest episode of Book It, uh, around sitting around ECW December to Dismember, where uh, it was by Daniel Campbell. And stay tuned to the end of that episode where you hear a special challenge for the next episode of Book It, laid out by myself. You also have a quick show, which I believe Andy will be on, coming out next week. He's also on past shows. Like, it's still real to me where we talk about a wrestling documentary, which I believe there'll be a new episode coming out later in uh, January. Our goal is to talk about the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, which uh, will be a very interesting piece. And uh, I do see it, which will be a very interesting topic, I do say so myself. And we do have ESSR Central, which I just put up our 100th episode. We didn't realise it was the 100th episode. So we're probably going to have a special 101 episode uh, next week. We have Saturday Draft Live instead every Saturday. And we have East Street Sweat, which for now will try and be the first Tuesday of every month, unless something major happens and we need to get an episode out earlier. And also follow all, everything we're doing on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok. We're on TikTok now. I don't understand TikTok because I've been old man in a 26 year old's body. <laughs> These newfangled kids and their TikToks and their, what, uh, their WhatsApps. Make sure you join our Facebook community page, get involved in the conversation, and join the listeners week through there. I take a slag at every week on this show. But thank you once again to Andy and everyone else. Everyone, we'll see. Thank you for listening to FDL and see you next week.